All right, today on Mrs. Brightside, I have Grant Rudder from Grant's Rants. We don't get ranty, but if you'd like to hear us rant, be sure to subscribe to his podcast, Grant's Rants, where this past week we discussed Scientology and, of course, the X-Files finale, which I actually didn't hate, but we didn't know that last week. Stay tuned for Mrs. Brightside. All right, welcome to Mrs. Brightside, where the glass is always half full. I'm your host, Lucretia Lyon, and with me today is Grant Rudder. Hey, yeah. thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for coming. Uh, Grant is best known for ranting, so it'll be fun to be on Mrs. Brightside, but as I believe that ranting is healthy and positive sometimes. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> you got to let it out, you know what I mean? And half the time what you're saying, nine other people agree with. <laughs> so, I mean, you know what I mean? It's just you're speaking your truth. Exactly. You know, and we believe in speaking your truth here. And that's why, you know, that's probably why we live alone. And that's <laughs> why I like this episode um, is the bright side of living alone. Because most people think it's it's lonely, but not really. I mean, how about you? You say that, yeah. Well, it's it's tough. I'm an yeah. extrovert, kind of forced to live an introvert's lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But I will say I'm severely independent. So while I do love being around people, I don't need anyone in my house. Mm-hmm. I don't need to share a bed with anybody. I don't need to share a bathroom with anybody. You know what I mean? Like, it is wonderful to be able to come home after a long day, shut the door, close the blinds, and just be. You know what I mean? Just be in your own skin and just be in your own energy and do what you want. Yeah, that's why I love I I never mind being around people, even though I'm more of an introvert and I'm pretty chill. I know everyone's like, oh, you're a comedian. I'm like, well, most comedians are like introverts, but they're very extroverted in their right. personality. But yeah, that's why I love just going home and being by myself. I know I'm like, it's oh. great. You know, I love it in that sense, because, you know, not only that, but if you put something down in a certain place. It's there when you come home in the same position. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't have to worry about anyone touching my stuff or like, hey, I left that there for a reason or now something's missing. Like, it's wonderful just to be able to have your what's yours is yours. I've wanted that for so long, but it was a very long road, especially living on your own in Los Angeles. There's only a certain amount of neighborhoods I really wanted to live in. Um, you know, I wanted to do it right or not at all. Yeah, and and that was the thing is when I moved out here, I and uh, when I lived in Dallas, it was a lot easier to live alone because it was much cheaper, but and you could live in a nice area. But I was like adamant here that I was not going to have a roommate because I mean, in college, I had some horrible roommates. If you have any, yeah, no, um, I've had nothing but horrible roommates except for maybe one or two people, <laughs> and that's like one. That's like two out of ten. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I, I did the whole college thing, too, and I came out here to California. I transferred to Chapman University in OC, and this was my first time living in California. And I had my first roommate. I stayed in that room for about six weeks because it was just like the total wrong match. And it's a huge gamble. I mean, what do you do? You know? Well, yeah, and that's sort of the thing, especially when you come out here and you don't really know anybody, at least at the college, like you're, there's at least some level of like I lived in like a student housing apartment off campus and it was like you had your own room in your own bathroom. You just had to share the living space. So it wasn't the worst. Oh, I would have loved that. But yeah, I was oh. like, OK, because I knew I couldn't deal with the dorms. That's why I went to junior college the first yeah. year. So I didn't have to live. Yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't have 
much of a choice. And my parents, too, moving me out here, I was 19, and they were like, we want you on campus. We don't know what it's like over there. You have to stay on campus. So I just was thrown in, like, oh, okay, wow. we're going to make this work. It was really like, I mean, I could never do it again. I would never want to do it again. Like, that was a time in my life when I was okay having literally one bed with, like, all my belongings, you know, in, like, plastic boxes and bins underneath. Like, ain't never going to happen. Again, like I can't live that way. So um, it was an experience. I'm glad I did it. And I'll never do it again. Well, yeah. And, and that's sort of the thing. You have to appreciate living alone whenever you've had like horrible roommates. Or like when I was growing up, most of the time me and my brother shared a room. And I mean, we get along pretty well. But when we were sharing a room, it was like we were killing each other. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't I, no. I, I share a room with my sibling. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That's an experience. But yeah, I mean, as far as like living alone and going about it alone, it can be tough. Um, you know, L.A. can be a lonely city. It's similar to New York. You know, you go to these cities and, you know, there's a lot of people around. There's a lot going on, but it can be isolating. You know, I work independently over at NBC. I, I work on my own team, on my own person that I work with, basically. That's just me. And then I drive there alone i come living here alone in my studio apartment where where we're recording this podcast and you know i mean it's it's you know it can be isolating well yeah and that's what i like about some of the things and actually how we met like after buzz because i agree with you when i first moved here i lived on the west side i moved into santa monica and i really you know like you kind of worked more for myself i would do a lot of just freelance so i never really saw a lot of the same people twice so it was hard to make friends and the West Side is very isolating. Most people don't live over there or nobody's crossing the 405 for a friendship sort of thing. Uh, so it wasn't until I moved to Hollywood where I started making friends. And like, you know, and After Buzz was a place where I met, met people. Have you found right. that to be a good? Yeah. yeah. You know, unfortunately, I had to leave for, for work purposes mm. at the end of last year. But I really counted on that as like my social night out during the week. And I'd get there and chat with everybody and do my laundry. And like, you know, yeah. it was just like, I made a night of it and like had a lot, made a lot of great friends that I still stay in touch with. Um, in fact, after this podcast, I miss see you, my really good friend, Megan Stecker, who I made it yeah. after buzz. And like, you know, it's great. I, I really, really miss that aspect of just, you never knew who was going to walk into the door and you all connected based on television. And that was my, always my thing growing up too. Like I never could really connect with anyone on sports and that's like you know especially how guys make guy friends you know what i mean like, yeah they talk like about you know what are you watching sunday and like all this stuff so for me it was always connecting about tv so going to after Buzz with like-minded people and we all watched and loved or hated the same show like it was just it just gelled so well for me you know so that helped definitely yeah, because like, you know, like we say, it's so isolating, especially when you live alone, because most people I know, like their friend is their roommate, like they do everything. And so yeah. we don't have that person to go to stuff with. But also it kind of forces you to do things with different people, which is what I like. It's like, uh, you know, I'll call up somebody else from After Buzz. This person doesn't say because we don't feel like it's not going to get awkward when you come home and this person's like, why did you go without me? And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. you, you get to choose your friends, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. I, I don't really have to be accountable yeah. for where I am and who I'm hanging out with, which is great. And that's something when I did live with people that did drive me crazy, like. One roommate would always ask me, like, where are you going? What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just, I'm going out. Like, And it wasn't out of a place of, like, hey, you know, what's going on? It yeah. was like, I, you know, I like to keep tra- tabs. Yeah, I yeah. like to keep tabs on what you're doing. I was like, Ugh. So I would always go out, like, the back door, like, pretend I was getting the mail. And that's no way to live. 
I mean, you know, so it's it's hard to complain about, and I don't not really complaining, but it can be isolating, um, and very quiet. Like I, I have like a routine of phone calls that I make throughout the week during long commutes to try to like break things up. Um, you know, in my opinion, LA is a very transient city. I've made a lot of friends. I've oh, also yeah. lost a ton of friends through moving. Uh, not, not myself, but they've moved away. Um, I found out that a good friend of mine is actually moving back to the city of LA, which I'm really excited about. That's very rare. Uh, usually when they're, when they go, they're gone. And, um, that's been really hard because it's, I've lost friends quicker than I've made them, especially real friends. You know what I mean? So that's been my biggest challenge is holding on to relationships because it, it, it can be quiet and I don't like quiet times. I like to be able to know, like, great, I have a birthday party coming up for someone. We're going to do a big group podcast. And I'm grateful for Grant's Rants Hollywood Talk because it brings people to my studio here. It brings people into my life that scheduled good social time. We chat about things that we like. So that has really kept me centered. Yeah, and that's what I love. That's why I do this is bright side. And, you know, I was here to do your show and you're, you know, we're doing mine here at your house as well. And that's the beauty of it is like, you know, even if you're not at After Buzz always or you've kind of learned that skill of, you know what, so many people in L.A., everybody's just looking to promote their thing. And and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like in two here in L.A., we feel like we need to be working to hang out. So like it's mm-hmm. great that we all can just do these podcasts. And that's sort of our way of hanging right. out, especially those of us that live alone. And it's like, hey, will you come to my house and do my podcast? Yeah. Like, that's that's your friend for the next hour. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like you said, it wasn't by yeah. it wasn't by mistake yeah. that I made a show where people could talk about themselves. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? Like it helps. Yeah. And people are like, Oh, I can go on and promote my stuff. I'm like, yeah, of course. You yeah. can talk about how you feel about the real housewives or why you're not watching the Oscars this year, you know, like different fun nonsense. And um, you know, we talk about I mean, we talk about everything. We talk about Scientology. We go, yeah. I even talked about gun control a little bit, but we put a spin on it. You know what I mean? That's the thing. It's like it's I like to have a place for people to have a good time with the show and it's an escape. So like as opposed to just talking about like the horrible events that have happened in Florida and as opposed to talking about our government and how they're the NRA, that terrorist group and all that stuff like that. I'm so against them. We talked about how the NRA was tweeting using a Leslie Nope gif and like our <laughs> yeah. feelings about that and like I how it all ties in. You know, so yeah. it's like Trying to put a spin yeah. on things to keep it light, but also be part of that national conversation. Well, because, too, so many people, like, even in their friendships and things like that, are just constantly complaining. And it's good that we both seem to have a good idea of our podcast not being about that. Even if it is about ranting, it's, like, it's also about having fun with it. Like, you wouldn't keep watching these shows or reading this news if you didn't enjoy it, like, right. to an extent. I mean, because sometimes you get enjoyment out of bitching about things, right? <laughs> it's so true. And, you know, you bond over it, yeah. you know? I mean, it's funny. Some people are like, oh, my God, I hate her, too. Like, really? Like, everyone loves yes. her. I don't get it. It's like, that's what it's all about. Like, here's why. I mean, here's I stand in my truth, you know? I'm very open about that and just try to be very, like keeping it real you know at all times when keeping it real goes wrong (laughs) i (laughs) I love the Chappelle show (laughs) (laughs) yeah i try to keep it 100 because um a lot of people and i've said this before when it comes to television a lot of people are told what to say look they've got no cards in front of them they're reading a prompter they join a meeting in which six producers put together here's the rundown and then they kind of you know make a spin on that or they've got talented writers who are writing a monologue for late night and then they come out And they do it. But for me, I like to be able to be like, my angle is, look, this is like 
the, really my feeling about it. And no one's telling me to say this or it wasn't suggested. This is my own research. And, you know, just to really, like, take the, take the fakery out of it. Yeah, and that's what I like about your podcast and everything. And I like that, you know, coming back to sort of living alone and being self-made and self-sufficient, just tell us a little bit about how you sort of got started in that. Sure. I got started with just honestly moving here by myself and having weekends where I would finish a class on a Friday and I wouldn't speak to a single soul until Monday's class. (laughs) There was It wasn't me being, uh, you know, shy. It was just that... I lived on campus. I was an upperclassman. No one else was there to talk to. So I really had to find things to fill my time. And that was me giving myself work and jobs and projects and creating my own stuff. And like, I've always done that even before, but I did it out of survival. And like, that's finding things like painting. Like I took a painting class. My grandmother paints. I've gotten some lessons in that. And I've taken some lessons, I should say, in painting. And that's something that fills my time. It's also very therapeutic. And that is something to be done alone for the most part. You know what I mean? It's like innovating in that sense. Um, You know, always trying with the gym as well, but even something creating something like Grants France, my own podcast, I had to think, you know, it's very hard to get people together. So I have to do it on my own. But what does a single show look like with just one host? So how do I get different perspectives in? So now it's always trying to find new folks that can come in with different personalities. So being self-made of just like, you know, you don't want to get into the bad stuff. You got to keep, you got to keep busy. You know what I mean? Idle hands are the devil's work. Yep. So for me, it's all about trying to keep myself busy and distracted. I, I do a lot of design work in my apartment, and, and I, I call it renovations. I make it small little projects to make it like how I want it. But also, like I'm getting into gardening and all this stuff. Stuff I never thought I'd do or want to have the find find the time to do. But um, you know, I, you have to value the time by yourself. I meditate. That's another huge thing. That's really important. That saved me. Um, that's my advice to a lot of people, especially people who are confused and feel like they have to up their dosage on their medications and all that stuff. I am not anti-medicine. But what I'm saying is like, just take a moment for yourself because if you think of all the stuff that were th- that are thrown at us and, you know, like I said, idle hands, sometimes, you know, people get into trouble when they're just not busy enough, you know? Yeah. What kind of meditation do you do? Because I know David Lynch, who I'm a big fan of, is really into transcendental uh, meditation. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I should try that. And I know they have the den that has all these different types. Yeah. yeah. Den, unplug. Yeah. I, I meditate yeah. at work. There's some yeah. um, there's some offerings. They're 30 minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. usually you need a lot more time than that to really meditate. But hey, I mean, Wednesday at noon, I meditate and it's the middle of the middle of the middle. And it's great. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the middle of the week, the middle of the day, like it's great and it just grounds you and it really just helps eliminate all the thoughts. It was described to me. Meditation is like a snow globe. If you shake it, all the thoughts are all the snow, but eventually if you put it down and you just like, let it be the thoughts collect and then you're able to have a clear decision on the, make, make a clear decision or be open-minded. And so what I do is I love um, the experiences of the guided meditation, like, you know, going through a forest, you look to your right, there's a waterfall on the left. There's a beautiful bench, like stuff like that. I like, but a lot of the meditation I've been taking is just breath work too. Where oh, it's yeah. just like you just go through, you know, you breathe through your nose, you breathe out through your mouth through a small gap in your lips. And, you, you know, there's different mantras that you use. And um, it's not woo-woo. It really isn't. It's, it's, it's funny that it's now becoming popular. I mean, it's ridiculous. It shouldn't be anything that's popular. It just should be a practice. And I think it would really help people out um, versus having just to go crazy, you know. 
Yeah, and that's the thing is I should really meditate more. And um, I we used to have. We all should. A, yeah. I, I don't do it enough either. I mean, we all should. You know. I mean, yeah. it's just it's tough. People do it sometimes. They they do it as soon as they wake up in the morning. I can't do it. Yeah, to me that doesn't seem as productive for for me. But you know, people are different. Like I'm a morning person. I'm like when I get up, I'm that's usually the most productive I am in the day, and that is rare. And yeah. I, it took me a long time to train myself to do that because. Um, when I was a kid, I was a super night owl, but in order to be successful, you know, and I do the, the cold showers, like Adam Carolla will suggest. And so that's Ooh, sort of like, you know, in the same vein. Torture. Yeah. Cold showers. Well, I do it like, right. I do it the puss way, as he says with Dr. Drew is like after my shower, I like, I just turn it all the way over the cold and step into it and then like get out. Like, yeah. you know, so I have my normal shower, but I just that, that wake up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is good. It is a yeah. jolt. I mean, I, I get why people do even like the hot and cold baths at the, the spa and stuff i get it but ooh. oh my mom loves the cold plunge i'm too big of a plus to do that yeah. we love the korean spas but yeah yeah no not for me i don't know maybe yeah. maybe i would love it i yeah. don't know i mean i never thought i'd be too deep into meditation and gardening but you know i mean i think you find things in life that are interesting and i'm trying to fill the time you know it's it's tough to make new friends especially people to count on everyone has an agenda yeah and you know i feel like i'm very east coast i know i'm very east coast and being out here on the west coast is another thing that separates me from other people too is that direct factor of being so like to the point you know like other people can be intimidated too i don't know if you feel this way you know you have a lot going on in your own life too i have to feel like people can be intimidated when they don't feel like they're getting the gigs they deserve and they're seeing somebody else do all the work. And it's like, you know, a lot of the stuff I do, I'm doing on my own. Yeah, and, and that's, I don't think, what people get, you know, because I'm the same way. It's like, I feel like I'm talking to people and they're like, oh, wait, like, and, and they're like taken aback by it. It's like, but I'm like, I'm doing all this work. Like, it's not like someone handed this to me. No way. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, I try to do yoga, but that's something I've fallen off. I even used to teach it, but it's like, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's about finding balance. And yeah, as much as we're working so hard on these projects, we have to find time to like garden or yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's it. So I mean, when it comes to really also being self-made, like career wise, I will say I've got myself all my own jobs, which in this business is really difficult. Um, You know, it's, it's a lot of hustling and it's like, I always say it's like being cautiously aggressive. Yeah. I like that. Cautiously aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. It's because you've got to be, you know, when you're going for a job nowadays, I don't, I feel like it's almost in every business. Nepotism is huge because it's, it's competitive and people are fighting for the survival in this country as far as work goes you know i mean it's not we're not we're not all not everyone's in a major city with a lot of opportunities so i feel like you've got a lot of factors against you right when you go in you've you, the fact you don't know if they're looking for a male or a female first of all that's a big thing then you don't know if they've got someone's cousin that is flying in for an interview that's going to move there next week you know then you've got seniority purposes you've got internal hires so it's a lot of stuff like you know you have to keep that all in perspective yeah, well, and too, as someone who's been rejected by most jobs, that's why I do my own stuff. And, and the funny thing is, is people think it's a joke, but because of my name being Lucretia Lyon, every time I would go into a job interview, I would be the only white person there. And it was wow. very clear to me that I was not going to get that job because they were con- not concerned about, you know, because I have like a master's degree. I'm like overqualified for most of these jobs. I'm walking I bet. In there. Oh, I but bet. they don't they don't care. They're just like, we're trying to fill a quota so we look good and to get this. And I'm like wow like it was so disheartening because these were like jobs with you know say a certain baseball team in dallas or like you know things (laughs) like that you're like okay like 
this is weird. But and people think that that's just the entertainment industry. And I'm like, no, I had to start doing jobs with headshots because that was the only way I could get a job. Like, that's why I had to do like promotional modeling. And I did a little bit of modeling because it's like, okay, they know what I look like. And that's how sad this, you know, all these industries are when it comes to finding a job. That's why we're self-made, right? (laughs) Yeah. 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 I like to think so anyway. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you do the work and and people appreciate that and they move you along if, if they can but as far as like getting a job mm. uh, you know it's always been my own like even just pulling up through the ranks of being a temp and then eventually being placed like you know i had to prove myself at yeah. that desk and no one no one you know told me like okay you're you know this we're gonna hand you this job with uh, benefits i mean it was like i would go into a lot of these freelance gigs and hopefully cling like hang on by my nails into these desks you know and then a lot of them were lousy and you know, I mean, it's just like really pacing myself and knowing that there's more. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, my, my grandmother tells me all the time. She's like, anyone else would have given up years ago. But there's something that's kept me going. And I know that I can pull it off. And I just try to make it work the best that I can. Well, yeah. And, and that's all you can do is just keep trying. And, too, when you see, like, you know, your podcast, for example, Grant's Rants is doing really well. You are you know, you have these things. You're like, okay. This is this is it, you know. We're getting there, and then you've got this new job with NBC, and yeah, yeah. it's a it's just small wins, yeah. you know, but they keep you going. And yeah, that's the thing, and sometimes that's what keeps people hanging on almost too long. I feel like sometimes people get like one little gig, and they like think that they're, you know, they're on their way, and then it's like I don't know. I feel like you got to give a time limit to things. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, not every win means you're in the right place. You know, like, you know, sometimes you guys should be encouraged to go, like, digital has always been a thing that's tracked yeah. me. It's tracked me from the beginning, um, even through school, like, college. And then I was in a digital uh, position for The Biggest Loser after the PAGE program. And, like, it's, it's kind of always been the through line. After Buzz, been there the whole, through my whole career at digital. And through that time, I've transitioned from wanting to work in soap operas that they canceled a bunch and that wasn't yeah. likely then i wanted to work on set and for reality tv that was not a lifestyle that was for me and a lot of doors shut on me along the way because that industry i was filled with lousy people i'm just gonna say i did not enjoy working in that as far as production goes and i get messages now from people i worked with on set who had the position to help me and they didn't and now they're like oh look at you look at you and i'm like yeah no thanks to you you know what i mean i feel like you gotta help each other out you know i worked good hard and good for them so i feel like you gotta help each other out and that that's self-made you know, that's why yeah i feel like you know, i don't owe anybody anything at the end of the day i don't owe anybody a dinner a thank you note or anything really when it comes to certain things um i'm gracious like for people like kevin undergaro and after yeah. us, like i'm thankful for that platform it doesn't mean i you know don't credit them but um there are some people that just didn't do anything for me like that like when it comes to like reality tv then i transitioned to the development side of reality tv working at production companies as an assistant you know, no money. These shows aren't, these companies aren't developing anything. They're trying to knock off things that are on TV that are already popular for the most part. This has been my experience only. But so that really dried up because people weren't buying reality shows, right? We're in this era now where we have these premium scripted shows. So the reality TV era, if, if you think about what's on TV now, not much is very new. The big no. shows are America's Got Talent, which is great. You know, um, Bachelor has been on forever. You know, you've got RuPaul's Drag Race. You've got what else is on? What's over on Fox these days? I mean. Yeah, because now American Idol's not on Fox. Yeah. Fox has kind of gotten me out of the reality. I'm trying yeah, to even think of anything on there. Yeah. So even like something like Big Brother, it's going to season yeah. 20. I mean, you know, 
Amazing Race, Survivor. These shows are have been on forever. Yeah. So if you think about it, as far as a big budget reality show that's being sold, that's making big money, that's really fueling a company, they're just not happening. So like soaps, that kind of dried up for me. So I've been working in the digital space. I'm looking at the future. I'm all into this podcast game. So now I'm all in. And so I'm hoping that this is really the future and really this is where I'm supposed to be. I used to say what I want to do hasn't become a thing yet and that was before podcast really took off so now maybe i knock on wood i'm there so we'll see it's all strategy yeah and th- and that's what's so interesting because i know i mean i went to college initially to be a music video director and i'd always kind of wanted to do the soup uh you know and sort of that and be a comedian but i that was not in my wheelhouse and it's funny in my degrees even in psychology like i was going to be a sports psychologist we all go through these transitions of things in and sometimes it's you know for first reason you know Mm -hmm. you feel like you're in where you need to be like you know but for that time because sometimes you may be where you need to be but then that changes like right and that's the positive side of it is i feel like everything teaches you or shows you to a new direction like Mm -hmm. and i guess that's the bright side of sort of finding these different things and yeah i never thought that being a digital host like I have been would transition me to doing something like The Soup. But now The Soup is on Netflix right. as the Joel McHale show with Joel I McHale. Know. It's all weird, And it's right? like, wow, yeah. it all kind of comes back around. Yeah. You know, on the bright side of things, mm-hmm. I really dedicated my whole existence of being in California and working here for the career. And with that, my personal life turns really into nothing. And I've, I, I still am trying to get that going in certain aspects. But, you know, I, I have my I have friends and I go out and was out last night. And, you know, I, I have a good rotation of friends. But, you know, it's it's allowed me to get where I am professionally, where if I just went out three nights a week in West Hollywood or Hollywood yeah. went to Vegas every other weekend, I don't know if I'd be where I am. So the, the bright side is that, you know, I really have been able to build this life for myself and I live on my own and pay my own bills and, you know, have a, a little podcast that I love doing. I don't want to say little because mm-hmm. I'm ha- I'm very yeah. proud of it. But, you know, I, I'm doing well with all of that. But, you know, it's, everything's a trade-off in life. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping that I can balance it out. That's my new goal, balancing it all out. Well, and two, like, you know, I do believe that relationships are, like, sort of a, a numbers game. And two, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I do want to get married and I, I want to have children. And that's kind of hard sometimes when you're being self-made and you live alone and all these things. But at the same time, as my mom always put it, she's like, you're just up in your numbers. You can just get a better a better guy, you know, and mm-hmm. then you'll have, you know, probably better kids because you do it later yeah. in life. And then you're not going through all this party phase, like, say, you know, yeah. certain people in my family or friends that I had, you know, along the way that have have gone off and and not really been successful in their life so i don't know about you but it's like you know you should see it that way like hey right you know what i'm just gonna get a better one yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, i mean i i'm all about upgrades in life i'm all about upgrades you know i mean i don't i really have any big assets to my name like i'm good financially i guess but as far as like i don't own a home i don't own like a beautiful car that's worth anything like you Mm -hmm. know what i mean so like i'm all about upgrades and i'm getting there and i officially have a title now which is not executive assistant or coordinator which there's no shame in that but you know you you put in your time and you move on and and that's really what that was a huge goal that i now have a title so and business cards you you don't get business cards until you get a certain title i was like damn like how long does it take to be able to be taken seriously in this business? So, you know, I've, I've reached a lot of milestones and, you know, it's coming together. And I'm hoping that maybe 
I can relocate to New York and really do it there. And that would be a talk about an accomplishment to be able to move my life and my career to New York City, where I always thought I would be, and be able to be a success. That would be the ultimate testament, you know, in my life, really. So, well, and two, you're halfway there. I mean, you're you're already making it. And like two, when you can sort of see that light in the end of the tunnel and have these little goals and little milestones that you can reach, and you know, still have that big one of moving to New York and and doing this business there. I mean, I feel like we all kind of romanticize New York. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I love there. I love it there. I just yeah. connect with the people there, and um, I'm always thinking about it. But you know, when it comes down to it, getting boxes and packing up and saying goodbye to friends and having a goodbye party and leaving and not knowing when you're going to be back in LA is a lot. It's a lot to say like, okay, but it's very exciting if you know you have a great opportunity waiting for you and it's like, damn, this is what I've worked towards, then it's different. So that's what I'm hoping. I mean, you know, not in the immediate future. I'm very happy where I currently am and I plan to put in my time there. But, um, you know, everyone is certain time limits on things that's what i was saying earlier it's super important to live a healthy lifestyle to be able to put time limits on things so that way you're not stuck in a circle in a rut that's my biggest thing i don't want to be in that position of perpetual unhappiness you You know i'll be going through the motions yes but i also want to be able to appreciate what i have and put that time into you know that period in my life but you gotta have goals. What's the point? And I was even thinking, like, say I landed a dream job, and, and, which would be great to host a show at SiriusXM. Oh yeah, yeah, would love that. And I've been trying to. If anyone knows anyone at SiriusXM, I mean, I'm not looking for work, mm. but look, I've been trying to get into SiriusXM forever. That's been a goal of mine, and it just has not happened. But what's interesting is part of NBC is in the same building as yeah. a SiriusXM in New York, which I have access to, but I don't, obviously I don't work for them. But it's just so funny like how like i've never been able to connect with anyone serious xm now i have access to their building it's so strange i mean it doesn't really mean much in the grand scheme of things but like it's been impermeable to me so like that but i'm what i'm saying is with goals if i was over at serious xm i know i wouldn't be set for life i'd say okay well what can we do with this from here what's like where do people take their serious xm shows from here like what could we do with this because i'm an innovator you know that's the thing like you know how can you it's not about money as much as it is about like what can we do to make this really a success? So where do you go? You know, TV. Then it's all back to the beginning. Well, yeah. And it is funny. It's like so many people think that like like Sirius XM or like podcasting or digital was not where it was to be. It was TV and movies. But right now, the digital space and all these avenues are honestly more popular than, than cable. And then a lot of film. I mean, how many yeah. of the Oscar movies did people actually see? Uh, like for me, zero. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it was zero. Exactly. I'm yeah. like, I went to a free screening of Darkest Hour just so I could see Gary Oldman. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. because he was there. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I saw that one. And then Get Out. Like, because that Which was I actually did. a movie people okay. watch. Yeah. I did see yeah. Get Out. I did see that. I talked about that. Yeah. I but it's one of the few. That's one of my last podcasts. Yeah. yeah. You know what I saw recently was oh. that movie, um, I was talking about the bright side of things. Yeah. Was that movie um, uh, Love Simon actually? Oh yeah, and I've been it, wanting to see that. Yeah, yeah, it it. I hope it does really well. Yeah. I I saw it with friends, but I really wanted to see it because it was a positive story. It was a good thing. It had a good message, and it was 
positive and, and bright. <laughs> you know, and yeah. like, I wanted to support it. You know what I mean? And it was, I'm glad I did. And yeah. I'm not a big movie guy, so. Yeah, like, um, this is a movie I really do want to see and, and will be happy to support because it's actually Greg Berlanti who does all yes. the DC superhero shows um, and uh, Riverdale, um, oh, which yeah. I love. And so, yeah, I'm like, you know it's going to be good. And Josh Duhamel is in it, who I love. Can you believe Josh Duhamel is now already playing the dad? I mean, really? <sighs> He's hot as a dad. Like, I got daddy issues big time because him and Timothy Oliphant, I'm like, them playing hot dads is even hotter than when they were, like, cowboys and investigators. And I'm like, oh, well. well you know? I, I remember when he was on, when um, Josh Duhamel was on All My Children. Oh, Leo Dupre. So that's what, oh. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's like, now he's playing the dad, like, already. And Jennifer Garner, too, who looks fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I looked up her age. Not to, I won't say her age on this show, but she's over 40 and I said damn it they're still doing that thing with women over 40 now she's gonna play the mom to like a 17 year old you know what I mean Jennifer Gardner is still looking good and who cares that the age on paper at IMDB like I think it's odd that she's playing the mom because she's I don't associate her with the mom role I don't know like because to be honest one of her best roles was in Juno so I guess I've always kind of associated her oh, with really? being a mom because of that because uh, I really yeah. like I liked Alias but I was like I always felt because I did always see her because she has this warm you know, mom like mentality and like too, that's that's not a knock on her. It's like, well, that that's a good thing. And yeah. and too, there's a lot more mom roles for women her age as opposed to, you know, spy roles, which is cool when they do that, but it's like I almost feel like like a Katie Seagal or something because I love Katie, but I associate her with being a bad mom, like, you know, on Sons of Anarchy or Married with Children. So it's like, you know, it's a give and take. And I know some people, I'm like, I would love to play the mom. I'm like, yeah. 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 I mean, she's getting a lot of work. Yeah. She's a great actress. So good for her. Yeah. So that was a good film. And I'm just more of a TV guy than a film guy, you know? Yeah, me too. Yeah. You know, when I go, it's like, Tool at most three times a year to the movies, and I know it's like sacrilegious to folks, but you know, but I'll watch tons of television and a variety of TV. I'll watch everything from Leah Remedy Scientology to The Bold and the Beautiful yeah. to you know Real Housewives of Dallas. <laughs> So. Yeah, and that's the thing is there's so much good TV out there. And like with the movies, I usually will do video on demand unless it's like a Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that, like where mm-hmm. you need to be in the theater or Star Wars. Right, but right. yeah, I'm like, I feel those bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to go for those. Yeah, I just wish I, yeah. I didn't grow up as a comic book kid. So yeah. I, I just missed that. My only experience was the Batman movie with Poison Ivy or Uma Thurman. Oh, I'm sorry. That's like the worst movie. That was my <laughs> only experience with superheroes growing up. And I loved that. I mean, so my, well, you know, and Batman my... had nipples on his suit. That was the, me and my brother were obsessed with that. Oh, <laughs> I did it. I don't remember. I didn't replace that one. But oh, my God. Yeah, that. So that was unfortunately my whole world, a whole look into that world. But, you know, that's why I don't think I, I get into it now. But. Yeah. You yeah, know, as I, I say, I don't know anything. I feel like I'm too far gone. I don't know like the backstory and like the comic book. You know how you know religious it is to the comic book. And well, I feel like that oh. sort of gives you more fun because like most of us comic book nerds, like and too, I get annoyed because like they're giving an origin story for people like you. But for me, I'm just like I've heard this like a thousand times. Like or yeah. like oh, I'm like oh my god, it wasn't like this. Like so. Being a comic book fan sometimes can make you annoyed with the movie. Like, I hate Batman and Robin because I'm a comic book fan, but I mean, okay, yeah, so yeah. that's what's funny is like, you know, so I hate that movie, but you like it. And yeah. like, that's honestly sometimes better. It's like, we don't need yeah. to be so, I mean, I, mean, I, saw, I think I saw it when I was nine. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's been a minute. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. How, how do yeah. you feel about these? Do you feel, I mean, you know, I know it's your game. Yeah. Do you feel like that? There, how much more life do they have to these comic book films? Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, is like there are so many comic books and stuff out there. And this is something like people sort of think that this is like new, that it's big in the zeitgeist. But the, I remember like this was way before I was born. But like Hulk and Wonder Woman, those TV shows were on around the same time. And same thing with they were trying to get out movies and things like that. Um, This has happened before and it'll happen again. Like, you know, things kind of cycle in and out, being more popular than the next. But, you know, I feel like they've got a lot of life left in it. Because, too, I mean, it's still making money and, you know, there's still new nerds being born every day. But, yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's so mainstream now. I yeah. mean, it's like they've got they've got a young audience on lock for their whole life, you know. So, yeah. lots, lots of future uh, viewing for sure. All right. I feel like... Like we should wrap up here sure. soon. Is there anything left you want to say yeah, about the bright mm-hmm. side of living alone and being a self-made man? Yeah, you know, I yeah. mean, it's the bright side is that you're in control of yourself for the most part, and you know, you get, you're, I'm able to be proud of what I've created for myself, and you know, it's also nice to not have to give credit to a bunch of people. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's nice to say, you know, this is something that I've reached a certain goal, and a huge goal was for me to move into my own little studio, and that happened, and it's made me so happy. So knowing when to celebrate the good stuff and always staying humble is important. I mean, as quick as it comes is as quick as it goes. So, you know, you got to hang on and enjoy life too a little bit. And I'm trying to learn a little bit more. Uh, But, you know, I say just my advice to anyone who's listening who wants to just get their life a little easier is start to think about a little bit of meditation. I think that might help. You know, that's what's kept me sane through car accidents and student loans oh, and yeah. you know still paying those off yeah mm-hmm. being laid off in the middle of the summer when nothing's in production and it's like what do you do you know it's just like you know have faith too definitely have faith and that's helped me get through too is having faith in, in religion and and just i pray to my dead relatives i mm-hmm. joke to myself all the time with those who have passed i'm like if you, have, if you all have any power, like I'd like to get this job. Like mm-hmm. that's when I wanted this last job. I mean, it my current job. I mean, it, it is literally tailor made for me. And I found out I was the only one that applied. That not not applied, but the only one that interviewed. Wow! So it was yeah. almost like so kismet. You know what I mean? But that's because you know you gotta put the right energy in in place. I think I think it's really important. And I've I. I didn't really fall for all this stuff a few years ago, but I think it's important to believe in energy and that's Pauline, this girl Pauline, who was on my podcast, I think she was on episode three. She told in this, I'm on episode 88 currently, and this stuck with me all this time. And she said, what's yours will be yours. And that's kind of how I believe, like, you know, I'm not going to be left out in the cold with nothing. You know what I mean? Like what's yours will be yours and it will happen when it's ready. So just got to keep pushing. Yeah, and that is sort of the thing is it's important to have faith and whatever that faith is because sometimes it's just faith in yourself and that you'll do well in positive thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. you know, some people that that works for them, some people religion works for them. And and I think it's just being able to respect people and as long as they have some sort of faith, some sort of idea, mm-hmm. you know, you'll get there yeah. eventually. And well, keep your you know. ego out of it because oh, yeah. you'll just get hurt. And I mean, I I don't have a tremendous ego, but I am very sensitive. When it comes to things, like, I read into things too much. And that's my problem, too. When you're on your own, you don't have, like, a business partner to be like, did you think that was shady? Or, like, 
What do they mean by that? Like, you know, that's like, to my detriment, I definitely do get in my head about things. And I'm like, oh, God, why the hell did they say this? What does this mean now? What am I going to So I build this case and my head and psych myself out. And that's really hard. And that's why it's important to meditate and to stay calm. But, you know, it's tough. <laughs> it's yeah. easier said than done. Oh, I know. I do this podcast for myself as well as other people to be thinking of the bright side because I, too, get in my own head. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm never going to do that. You know, yeah. and then you're like, no. You're Mrs. Brightside, bitch. (laughs) It's hard, you know. I mean, I've been hired for jobs, took out for lunch, shook hands, told I got a job, and then I got an email like, oh, we can't hire you because of uh, internal conflict. And I'm like, what? Like, it's all red tape. It's all red tape. It's nothing personal on me, but like, talk about devastating. You know what I mean? Like, so to try to rise above that, I mean, it's tough. I see certain people, even recently, that I've met with in the past and i still have that anger because i take it so seriously you know it's business and i feel like you can't jerk people around it's so tough you know yeah. it's business is tough and it the, really is yeah. tough it's it's hard to keep going but that's my advice to people when they're really down and out like just keep going yeah got to get it on i mean and that that really is it is like that's all you can do you can wallow in it but what good does that do it's like you know keep it moving keep going that those are my parting sage words (laughs) from mrs Brightside over here keep going All right, and those are some sage words. Where can they keep up the conversation with you, Grant? Mm-hmm. Well, you can find me at all times on Grant's Rants Hollywood Talk Podcast. That's on all major podcasting platforms. All you got to do is Google it. And if you want to uh, find me over on Twitter, it's it. Uh, but my Twitter is at its Grant's Rants, and my Instagram is at its Grant's Rants as well. So you know a, a lot of stuff about pop culture and chatting and. I do a lot of Insta stories too, just like commentating on life, man. Like this world, like what's going on? You know, it's not political. It's just like a mess <laughs> and I'm here for it. So, you know, just like, let me know what you think. Yeah. All we can do is sit back and sip the tea, right? And yeah. watch what happens. But yeah, since I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys, you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast while you're here and also rate it. I can read out your comments just like I did with our lovely Tanya. Nice. So yeah, be sure to do that, guys. Thank you. And as always, stay on the bright side. All right. Thank you for listening to Mrs. Brightside. Be sure to subscribe to the channel so that you get new episodes every Tuesday right into your favorite podcast app. And also, if you leave us a five-star or four-star reviews, I'm not that picky, I will read it on the air. It helps uh, bump this podcast up and sort of helps me keep making more because your positive comments is what I live for. All right. That was, that was really awkward and weird, so I'm just going to leave it at that. See you next Tuesday.